All right. What did I learn today to become a better communicator? I think a good place to start would actually be talking about some of the lessons that I learned yesterday and then how I tried to apply those today before I get into the lessons that I learned today. So a few of the things that I was working on yesterday or thinking about yesterday, biggest one was talking directly to the camera and not so much relying on the graphics while weather forecasting. You see it a lot, or I see it a lot in my own weather forecasting, but then I also see it in other people's where it's very tempting just to live in the graphics, to rely on them, to point to them, because it's comfortable. It's, it takes a lot more, I would say, skill, knowledge, communicative ability, confidence, just all the above, and, and much more, to just kind of have the graphics playing behind you, and then just talk directly to the viewer. That takes a lot of skill, and the person who I admire the most in this industry does that better than anybody else. And that's, that's what I want to be like. So that's why I've been working on that over the last few days. So once again, I was putting that into practice. And, you know, in the 5 and 6 o'clock shows, or the, in the 5 o'clock show, I did not think I did a very good job. And I was actually thinking to myself, I was like, well, let's see. Some of the other lessons I learned yesterday were not to use Instagram or do any of those activities that kind of just scatter your mind where you're just basically doling your mind in a bunch, just doing things that you don't need to know to fight boredom when you could be doing other things that are, can still take your mind off of work, but can distract you in a positive way. And I hadn't done any of those. So in, after the five, I was like, man, why, why am I off today? Like, I had a nice morning, went on a nice walk. I've been eat, eating good. But I realized that that actually was the problem. By eating good, that was much earlier in the day. And I realized, oh, it's, that was the five o'clock news. I haven't eaten anything in a long time. So I ate a quick power bar. And then in the six o'clock news, I actually felt better. So that, that's one little mini lesson today that I could put in there. If you're off your game, there's a chance you're just hungry. Kind of a funny one that is sort of common sense, but hadn't exactly stumbled across before. In the six o'clock news, because I'd had a little bit of food, actually felt like I did better. And when I put in another one of the lessons I learned yesterday about the importance of analyzing your own forecast videos, I watched my forecast video, I watched four other forecast videos of, uh, I guess three other forecast videos of other broadcast meteorologists in the Bay Area, and then I watched mine. So when I watched the other people, I was kind of looking at things that they were doing well, what I maybe didn't like about what they were doing, and then I watched mine. And, you know, I thought I did all right. That, that's not to say I'm anywhere near the Bay Area level yet. But, you know, I, I just felt like I was improving. Now, with that, I also put in place another lesson that I'd learned, not in the last few days, but way in the past, which is 
Sometimes when you look at your forecast video and you think, you know what, that was pretty good. It's maybe just because you're not aware of any of the mistakes that you're making. So in order to figure out what mistakes you are still making, you sometimes got to get advice from someone who knows much more than you do. So I actually sent my video to one of my mentors and asked if he could give me some critiques on it. And hopefully we'll have a conversation tomorrow after he's had time to watch it and kind of think about the things that he wants to critique me on. The reason that that's so important is because if you knew what you were doing wrong, you wouldn't, do, you wouldn't be doing it wrong. That's why sometimes, while it is important to watch your own videos to make sure you're not doing anything wrong that you know you shouldn't be doing wrong, sometimes you can't actually identify the next level because it's the next level. You don't know what it is yet. And sometimes it's helpful to just have someone who's already passed that level to be able to see, oh, this is what he still hasn't figured out. And then they give you that hint. Now, watching the other weather forecasters and then watching my video, this is now kind of transitioning to the lessons I learned today. I, or actually, no. And there was one other one that I forgot to bring in that I learned yesterday that I wanted to work on today, possibly even more than anything else. I noticed when I watched my weather forecast yesterday that I was practicing so hard to just talk to the camera and not rely on the graphics that I was literally just talking to the camera and I wasn't moving at all. Because the one good thing about the graphics is it's a way to kind of force yourself to move. When you have to walk over to the map to point at it, then you walk back so you're not covering it, then you walk over it again, point to something else. It forces you to move. If you're just talking to the camera, <laughs> what I realized is you could just be completely planted in your feet, and that's what I did yesterday. I think the first 30 to 45 seconds, I was just in the same spot talking to the camera with the graphics changing behind me. A big thing that I wanted to work on today was if I'm not moving side to side, at least move forward and back. This is something that I noticed when watching another weather, a Bay Area weather forecaster earlier this week. When he was making key points, he would actually step forward to make the key point. And I loved how he did that. And it tied into something that I'd learned in one of the public speaking little courses I've taken in the past. That's what I want to start doing. And that's what I actually did try to start doing today. I still need a lot of practice in it because, well, today was the first time I, that I tried it, but I'm at least getting the ball rolling. And that's definitely something I'm going to continue to work on in the future. I think those were the important lessons I learned yesterday that I put into practice today. Continue to talk to the camera, practice moving forward when you're making key points, and then also when you're bored throughout the day, don't fill that with activities that make you a worse version of yourself, and especially not activities that are going to make you a worse communicator. Try to fill those down times with something else. And that is what I did throughout the day today. So overall, thought I took the lessons I learned and, you know, made some nice progress. <laughs> not an expert by any standards, but we're getting there one step at a time. Now there is something 
that I came across today that I think was the big lesson for today. And overall, there weren't really any big lessons for today. But this is just something that I could work on in the future. When I was watching my own forecast, I noticed that I was Because, well, that's what I'm the most interested in. I like to see where the water vapor is. I like to see it move up California. I like to see it go into the central coast. Then I like to show the maps that show the clouds moving in. Then I like to show where the thunderstorms are in. This is something that maybe I'll have to ask my mentor about because, I mean, my job is telling the story of the weather. So... I mean, it's not like I'm diving into, okay, this is the vorticity equation and this is why there's a chance for slight thunderstorms tomorrow because of the counterclockwise circulation. I'm not doing that kind of science. What I mean by diving into the science is I'm literally just telling the, or I'm trying to tell the story of the weather. Now, where I could improve is not only telling the story of the weather, but tying it into how this affects the viewer. How I came to this realization was, this week is Car Week on the Monterey Peninsula, which is just a huge event. Like thousands, I'm pretty sure thousands of people come to see all these, I I don't really know what it is. It's like fancy cars. And I think that statement right there basically sums up my problem. How I just said, I don't really know what it is. Because I'm interested in the weather. I'm interested in the science. I'm not actually, to be honest, all that interested in different events that are going on. That's more of the kind of the people aspect. And the thing that interests me the most is the science aspect. Now, where I got kind of a flash or a realization that I might be doing things wrong is when I'm giving a weather forecast... It's not about me. And it's not what I'm interested in. You know, on one hand, it could be good because if I'm interested in something, I'm going to deliver it with passion. And people enjoy hearing someone talk with passion. At At least I do. But the bottom line is, I'm not there to tell people what I'm interested in. I'm there to deliver a service to people to answer the questions for things that they might be interested in. So while I love seeing that monsoonal moisture move up California, look at where the thunderstorms are, and then really see that play out in the forecast graphs tomorrow, while that's very interesting to me, another person, or possibly most people, might just be thinking, I'm going to car week what should I wear? (laughs) Like something that, that simple, just like, dude, I don't need to hear all of this monsoonal talk. I just want to know what I should wear to the Monterey Peninsula tomorrow because that's where I'm going. That's something to think about. And it was something that I noticed that when I was watching the different Bay Area forecasters, one of the guys who I actually don't, I don't like his style very much, but he did do that well where he kept bringing it back to the viewer. And I did like that part of his style. I was like, yep, 
that's something I should work on. Because it's not about me, it's about the viewer. And I'm here to deliver a service to them, provide as much value as I can to them. And a good way to do that is they want to know what the weather's going to be like for an event that they're going to or their day tomorrow. So really just make it clear and break it down. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And it actually ties into something I was hearing earlier this week too, where somebody said the weather forecaster has like nice ways of talking about the weather. Like they don't, I'm trying to think of the better one, that the better example they used. But one of the examples they use is like, they don't talk about 25 mile per hour wind gusts. They say, if you put your trash cans out, they're probably going to get knocked over. Like that makes it more real than these numbers. And that's definitely something I could work on with weather forecasting. Trying to take things that are in sort of the science jargon, like 25 mile per hour wind gusts, and break it down into how might this affect the viewer? Am I knock your trash can, trash cans over? Stuff like that. So don't say, don't say, oh, it's going to be 102 in Morgan Hill tomorrow. Say, it's going to be 102 tomorrow, so you're most likely going to want to be cranking that AC, although we do have a flex alert, so you're going to want to use your AC earlier in the day, cool down your house ahead of time, and then close all those windows and doors. That's a lot better. That is. All right. That's a good lesson, something to work on in the future. And I think that was... There, there's always a few more things I learned, but I think that's the big one for today. But I will just also bring it back to some of the broad communication lessons that I've been learning over the last maybe month or two. And one of them is when, like, talking with other people. And in this form of communication, we're going to take the, an example where someone is talking to you in a way that you don't like. In a way that makes you maybe just feel bad. For whatever reason, there's a tendency, or it's like the default mode, to almost want to talk back to that person in the exact same way. It's almost a way of showing, of saying like, hey, how do you like it? Or like, instead of, it's basically acting out what they're doing to show them how it feels when someone talks to you that way. Now, that's not the good way to go about it. The best way to go about it is not to act it out, but to articulate what you're feeling. So if someone's speaking to you in a way that you don't like, you, there's a few things you can do. One, you could just walk away. Two, you could talk to them in the exact same way so that they kind of get the point of, oh, it doesn't really feel that good when someone talks like that. Or you could actually just articulate it and say, hey, you're kind of talking to me like this and here, here's the reason I don't really like that. That's the way to go about it. Because if you just provide a mirror and you act out the same kind of form of communication that they're providing to you, you immediately lose all credibility in trying to, I don't know, say what they were doing was wrong because then you're just as guilty as they were. And maybe, maybe it is, maybe that's a good thing because then you're both learning the lesson together. 
but I think it's a much better thing just to articulate right, articulate it right off the bat. And then, let's say you do provide that mirror, and you both talk to each other the same way, in a bad way, not the best form of communication. Maybe not even bad, but just not ideal. And then, you think, all right, we've both acted it out, now I just want to articulate it to try to communicate what's going on so that in the future, this kind of thing doesn't come up again. So then you can put in the category of contentious conversation. What are some of the lessons that you've learned in the last month or two when it comes to contentious conversations? One, before you start the conversation, it's very good to build rapport with the person that you're talking to. So these are kind of the framework for contentious conversations. One, don't just dive right into it. Don't just go, hey, remember how you talked to me yesterday? <laughs> no, don't do that. The first thing you do is just build rapport. How was your day? Hey, what's, what's going on? I don't know. Anything like that. So you get off to a friendly tone right off the bat because that tone that you start off with is going to be very important throughout the rest of the conversation. The next most important thing is to go into the conversation knowing what your goal is and knowing how you want to how you want the conversation to go. How you should what how you should want the conversation to go and what your goal should be is not to prove the other person wrong. It's not to blame the other person or to yeah, or to debate the person or treat them as an enemy. The way to go into a contentious conversation is viewing the person you're talking with as a partner and through communication you guys are going to work together to create a new order out of this chaos or create some new guidelines or a good way to put it is to mutually learn a lesson that you can both hopefully remember in the future so that your future communications are better. That should be the goal of the conversation, not proving the other person wrong. Now, let's assume that you go into the conversation with that in mind. The next most important thing is to not just deliver a message. Sometimes it's tempting to just think about everything that you want to say beforehand, maybe even for days, and then when this conversation comes around to just pour it all out at once. But here's why that's wrong. That's not a conversation. That's a monologue. That's you delivering a message. That's you lecturing. That's you debating. That's not what you want. You want to have a dialogue and you want to have an actual conversation where you say something, then they say something, then you say something, they say something. That's what a conversation is and that's how you actually learn. And that's how it should be if you're viewing them as a partner and not an adversary. It's not about just... You can't... You eh, you can learn some things while you're talking, but you learn a, a whole lot more if you're listening. And I think that's 
quite possibly the most important lesson for a contentious conversation is to listen. The other person, if you're listening carefully enough, will tell you exactly what you're supposed to know. They'll tell you exactly the lesson that you're supposed to pull out of this. And if they don't tell you exactly, then if you keep bouncing back and forth, eventually, if you continue that conversation long enough, you should be able to pull out that lesson together. Now, a final one that I would say that you don't always have to use, but know when it is time to walk away in a conversation. Sometimes things are too emotional or sometimes the setting just isn't right. For example, if, if it's not face-to-face, you shouldn't have any contentious conversations. Never have one over text message. Never have one if, any, if either person is under the influence. You want to have contentious conversations when both people have plenty of time so there's no time constraints and enough time to hopefully have the entire conversation and get to the bottom of things so that you can move on. And you want to just be face-to-face and in a good setting where there's hopefully not too many distractions. Now, one thing just came to my mind and then it slipped out as I kept talking. Oh, I just remembered it. Another key to contentious conversations, because what I was just saying is kind of reasons why you should put off contentious conversations. For example, if, I don't know, someone's under the influence or you're you're not with them, so it's just over text message and neither person can FaceTime. Those are examples where you should put off a contentious conversation, but most of the time, you want to have these conversations as soon as possible. Another example, you maybe will want to wait to have them till maybe some of the emotions have come down and you're able to think more, I don't know, rationally in the conversation. But it is important to try to talk as soon as possible because the longer you put it off, the bigger the problem is going to get. Because then you just keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it. And you make the problem bigger in your own mind. So that by the time the actual act of communication comes around, the problem is way bigger than it needed to be. And if you just solved it originally, it could have been something very small and very easy to solve. It's almost like if there was a lizard in your room and you thought, eh, it's just a lizard, I'm going to ignore it. And then before long, it just grows into a dragon. No, it's much easier to face it when it's just a lizard. (laughs) Another part of that that's important is there's really no point. Ah, I don't know if I'd say there's no point of thinking about the conversation before you have it because sometimes it is important to go into the conversation knowing how you feel about it, knowing what kind of what you want to say but that's a dangerous road to go down because you can easily turn that into you creating an entire message that you want to deliver and the fact of the matter is if some problem has come up and it's between you and another person you can't solve that problem on your own you can only solve that with the other person so you might as well just enjoy your time when 
you're alone or doing something else. And then when you're with that person, then it's time to try to solve that problem. Because you can't solve it on your own. And that's it's good that you can't solve it on your own. Because it's through that bouncing back and forth of communication that you really learn and grow and develop as a person. And that isn't something that you should be afraid of, even though it is sometimes uncomfortable. It should be something that you voluntarily accept and want to take responsibility for because that's where a lot of the growth and meaning of life is found.